Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. What you're about to experience is a free, worldwide interactive broadcast from Ontario, Canada. We broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Get your questions in. Join the community chat room at www.category5.tv or email us at live at category5.tv. And now, let's begin. Here's your host, Robbie Ferguson. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2012. This is episode 226. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Rachel Shue. Welcome, nerdlings, to Category 5 TV. So we've got a lot to cover today. How was your week? Oh, it was pretty good, but I got bit by a rabid squirrel, but... Oh, was that rabid or rabid? Rabid. Okay, well, I checked Oxford, didn't I? You better watch out. I might start foaming at the mouth at any point now. That happens after couple of sarsaparilla sodas, doesn't it? Okay. Um, Yes, and today we're going to, uh, why don't we jump into some questions fairly early on in the show. We'll catch up with the news later. Do we have any questions out there? Uh, Yes, we have one from Jot here. Um, Is that Yacht or Jot? He's in the Netherlands, isn't he? I'm going with Yacht. yacht. You go with Jot. I'm calling him Yacht. All right, so he says, I'm trying to click on something on the right side of my screen, but my mouse can't seem to reach it. So what should he do? Oh, now you're in a whole different country, but I, th- I still think the, uh, the the resolution should be about the same. You're going to have to get some friends over. You're going to have to lift your desk and move it a little bit farther to the right so that the mouse has a little farther to go on the surface, and, and that should alleviate the problem. I hope that helps. Yeah, I'm sure that... That'll do a lot of good. So um, we (laughs) have one from a good guy here, too. He says, I'm having trouble with my Android, and what should I do about it? Androids. Androids. Are are Androids real, or is that just kind of the the bunk of Star Trek and that sort of thing? You know, I I, I don't really deal much with positronic neural nets. I mean, the the real human brain, perhaps. I I don't think Androids are real, so I, I would just actually, well... You could get a new robot, I suppose, if you're having trouble with it. But I would just get rid of it completely. I agree. Okay. Have you ever watched that iRobot movie? Ooh, yeah. Okay. We have a question from Garby here. Hi, Garby. Okay, stop interrupting. Um, He wants to know, how do I get rid of my cookies? How do you get rid of cookies? That seems like a pretty straightforward question, for which we have the answer. We have, I'm just going to bring this up on the screen here. All right. Oh, thanks. Mmm. This could take a minute. Oh. You can't always get them all in one fell swoop. Sometimes it takes a little more time. If you have small kids in the house, you could put the cookie jar down where they can reach it. That always helps get rid of cookies. I hope this is helpful. We're just going to take a minute here. Mm. What, we can't clear the whole cache right now? Do you have more questions? Yeah, I do. I have another one um, from James in here. Does he have cookies? I know, I know. Stop interrupting. I'm sorry. (laughs) So he says, my computer's making a strange whirring noise. What is it, and what should I do about it? Um, have you lost the family budgie? No, it may not be that. Um, it could possibly be a fan, but you can't be too careful with that sort of thing. It could be a leaky flangled hanger, and if, in fact, it is that, you need to go down to the local big box store and grab yourself a brand new computer, because you just can't be too careful with this sort of nonsense. Um, you know, a whirring noise could be any number of things. It could be any kind. It could be dangerous. could start a... That's better. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 226. Nice to see you. Uh, 
experiencing any difficulties with our website, check out live.cat5.tv. That's the place to go. Uh, tonight we're going to be looking at creating wallpaper for Linux. And uh, I know we've got lots to uh, talk about, lots to fit into the show. So uh, stick around. What do you got coming up? All right. So in the news, we have the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange and the El Al Airline are the latest victims of hacker attacks affecting Israeli businesses. And um, London Science Museum visitors can see their head in 3D and uh, help research at the same time. And a seriously tiny Linux laptop might just be the smallest in existence, so that should be interesting. And the controversial SOPA Act has been shelved with until a consensus is found. So stick around because these stories will be coming up later in the show. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Oh, boy. Shorty Awards are underway. Uh, as far as nominations go, we've got a number of nominations. And uh, if you have a Twitter account, make sure you visit cat5.tv slash shorty. It's your way to uh, nominate us for an award. Uh, that would be very, very cool if you could do that for us. Um, also, we've got uh, you know another call to uh, send in your viewer postcards. We'd love to receive them. You can send your postcard to Category 5 Technology TV, Postal Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N7W7. We'd love to receive your postcards. Do make sure that you also include your, uh, your website username for the Category 5.TV website. That way we can credit you with some viewer points. Uh, for that. If you've sent a viewer, uh, a viewer postcard and you have not received your points, it probably means that we weren't able to figure out uh, which uh, user account was associated with your name. So just let us know and we will fix that for you. So I'm still waiting for someone from Timbuktu to send in a postcard. That would be cool. Timbuktu, anyone out there? I don't think I actually saw a dot on the map though. I don't think one of those little flaggy things is on Timbuktu yet. Maybe somebody so. from just around the Timbuktu area if could just If you know anyone in Timbuktu. Yeah. Put up a couple posters for yeah. us or something. Yeah. Just to, just so we could say that we have a poster up in Timbuktu. Literally, then I would feel like we have pretty much covered the globe. Pretty much at that point. That would be victory dance. Nice to see everybody in the chat room. We've got uh, Ooh, uh, quite a crowd. Rob Gers says that one's coming from Australia soon. Awesome. Very good. Nice to have you here from Melbourne. Uh, and I guess it's pretty late at night, I would suppose, eh? Or early in the morning? I think they're ahead. Are they ahead Wednesday by or something. How many hours? It's like early morning, isn't it? 11 a.m. Look at that. Cool. Nice to have you here. We have a mobile website as well, just trying to get this kind of, you know, the preliminary stuff out of the way. But uh, if you've got a mobile device, check that out, mobile.cat5.tv to bring it up on your device. Uh, you can even scan that, uh, that code that's up on your screen. This is cool. I got, I, it's like the week of cool kind of gadgets and stuff here at the show. That was, that was all she's got for us. I got the USS Reliant. Look at that. I have not found... Now, they have them on, uh, on like, uh, Amazon and stuff. I've seen the Enterprise D. But, the, but a lot of them have battle damage. I want to get the one that doesn't have battle damage. Isn't that cool? It's die-cast. It's uh, from uh, the, the Hot Wheels. How cool is that? And then Eric shows up, and, he, and look at what he brought yeah. me. This is cool. The original geek man. 100% right. geek. But... Uh, but Garby, the, the problem here is that I'm not a collector. And I said straight to Eric, I said, problem with giving me something like this, I know it's a collector's item, and I know it's still in the original packaging, and Eric has done very well to keep this in the original packaging since its manufacture. Uh, let's see if I can find out when this was made. <sighs> Doesn't say. But it's been in this packaging for many years. And, and as a non-collector, it's like... I'm, I'm so tempted just to open it. And Look what Garby just said. Don't you dare. I know. That's the thing. I mean, that's why I say, Garby, come on, man. Y you got to open it and, and set it up. Pose it with all and the... And then you'll lose a million dollars. It's probably worth a million dollars at this point. No problem, Garby. So thanks uh, to Eric for the, uh, for the Geek Man. How cool is that, eh? The uh, original Geek Man. Emil1976 says, open it, see how it looks. Check out his posture. It's hard to see in the box. Who knows? Maybe they didn't even paint the back of his shirt. I mean, we don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that at this point. 
So that's so true. <laughs> it'll be worth like fifty cents in twenty years. <laughs> if I open it, it'll be worth half that. So yeah, brilliant stuff. But as a uh, as a, an aspiring geek, it, it it's it means a lot that Eric thought of me when he saw it. <laughs> Isn't that just so nice? <laughs> okay, uh, we've got your viewer questions coming up, but uh, get your questions in in the chat room. Category 5 on Freenode or right off of our website right now. Best place to go is live.cat5.tv. Or uh, if you're watching this after the fact through RSS or whatever, category5.tv, and you'll see the interact menu. A uh, cool place to get your questions in is through the chat room or email. Do you remember the email address yet? Live at category5.tv yes I remember that when she remembers it I'll, I'll presume that you've remembered it as well and you know we don't have to mention it as often but that's a great way to get your question as well cool alright we'll be right back after this they're hitting the road or the dusty trails Liquid Image Canada captures the action with a true point of view HD video camera built directly into a high quality MX goggle it records every bit of the excitement exactly how you see it. If high octane isn't your thing, take a relaxing underwater adventure and capture it forever in high definition video with a high quality underwater camera mask from Liquid Image Canada. Perfect for the enthusiast snorkeler or the deep sea diver. Check out the entire line of camera masks for every sport. LiquidImageCanada.com this is Category 5 Technology TV. We're online at Category5.tv and, of course, live at live.cat5.tv. Ruve. All right. So we have a viewer question here from GWG. Hey, GWG. And um, his question is, I have recently been working to reduce fan noise in my systems, mm -hmm. and I received a suggestion regarding a replacement CPU fan but it did not have the four-pin PWM feature, which allows for system-controlled fan speed. Fan speed control is important because I can hear even quiet fans. What would you recommend for someone who can hear noise, and more importantly, who has a microphone that can hear noise during recording? Well, so this is for your CPU. Um, the thing is, is uh, I don't know if you're going to be using uh, BIOS-controlled uh, fan speed then the problem is is that you're going to run into the fact that if things get hot it spins up and then things get loud right so you're basically defeating you're doing the exact opposite of what it is you want to do which is to control the ambient noise of the system so one thing that i would look at is a, a quiet fan from thermal take they've got some fans that are just absolutely silent you don't even hear them uh, the only noise that they generally make is when they're up you can hear the wind moving so um, my Frio OCK, or the Frio, I should say, let's see, thermaltakeusa.com. Uh, see, here's the thing, GWG, is I don't use the BIOS uh, controls. What I do use is I use the, uh, the, the little kind of dial that comes with it so that you can actually control the fan speed. So what I do is basically find that you know you you start at a high speed because that's going to give you the best cooling and then very very slowly turn the dial down so that it so that it brings down the fan and you can audibly hear or if you want to use your microphone and just kind of watch the levels you can audibly hear where uh, harmonically that fan is going to seem or appear silent to you uh, and to your recording device. So, and when I say harmonics, what I mean is there's there's a point where the fan is making audible noise, and then all of a sudden it falls into a, a hertz range that your human ear can't hear, your devices can't pick up. So then that's where I leave it, as long as I'm getting good cooling. So then, of course, the next step is to double check on your your cooling and make sure that it's uh, that it's good. So I want to see. I, I don't even think that I don't know if the Frio has a a, a four pin. And you're sure you. it's not a leaky flangledinger? It could be, in which case you have to replace everything, GWG. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard. I mean, you heard it here first. <laughs> oh, dear me. Okay, there's the Frio. 79 bucks. Specifications. And it is, see that? Power connector. Even this one is the 3-pin. But... As with many of these better quality fans, they're going to come with a, 
a little dial gizmo that you can you can actually change the speed manually and that's what i would suggest if you're going to stick with a fan cooling system of course it's been mentioned in the chat room few people have said um sorry i didn't catch who it was but definitely liquid cooling is is quite quiet as well liquid cooling though of course you do have the radiator you do have a, a rather large fan and it can run uh a little loud compared to um, some of the fans like the Frio if you if you clock it down. Um, but it's it's pretty much silent. I mean, you can't audibly hear that. The other thing here at our studio, uh, I don't think you can really see, but here what we've done is we've strategically positioned our computers in such a way that they're not going to pick up any, we're not going to pick up any ambient noise from them. Uh, what we used to do is we used to have them under our desk. We used to have them kind of off to the side under so that Again, ambient noise, the the fan uh, sounds, we're not going to hear those. Uh, but GWG, what we're doing now is we've just got them out in front of us. They are very quiet, though, you have to admit. Yeah. You can't really hear them, even here in the studio. And the reason for that is because we're using those thermal take uh, exceptionally quiet fans. And we're harmonically uh, tuning those using the dial. Yeah, my computer sounds like an airplane's taking off or something. Yeah. Just a... And these are powerful computers, too. I mean, we're on an i7-3600K uh, running what we're running, and I'm only, you know, it, it, even with the cooling, I mean, we're, we're not running a high temperature at all. So that's what I would suggest, GWG. Don't get caught up in thinking, oh, it's got to be fan-controlled by the BIOS because it's got to be able to, because that's going to be noisier than being able to control the, uh, the speed yourself. Okay, so if that's what you're looking to do. Good luck. And uh, let us know what you decide, all right? But I definitely stand by uh, the Thermaltake line of products, thermaltakeusa.com. been using them for years here at the studio, uh, and I have found, uh, you know, like I've switched fans to the Thermaltake fans, and they're much, much quieter. They, they boast that they are quiet fans, and that's exactly what they are. So. All righty. Did you want another one? Please. All righty. Please this give me another one. one. is from... John Crisp. He hey, John. says, Hi, Robbie and crew. Thanks for reading my Synergy question. I'm sure it was confusing yeah. since I couldn't send all the errors. However, I did get things running okay. I tried using IPs, but they refused to connect. After verifying okay. what my XP computer name actually was, then things started working. Still have a wandering mouse on the XP machine. Not easy to control it, but it works. Thanks for your oh. show and your help. Oh, so that wasn't really a question. Well, that's good news, though. Yeah. I mean, that just tells us that, hey, you figured it out. I think, you know, Synergy is one of those things. We talked about it a week or two ago. It's, it's, it can be tricky to set up, but once you've got it, John, it's fantastic. I mean, it is just a beautiful thing. I was showing you Backstage Pass here just a moment ago. This computer and this computer, two separate computers, and I'm able to move my mouse cursor between the two you can't see my mouse cursor but this is all shared with one keyboard one mouse and just makes things so much simpler from our standpoint of course but that's using synergy and on your computer i mean you can have an unlimited number of computers the only limit is really realistically you don't want to have to start at monitor number one and go across nine monitors to get to the left right so very cool glad you got it working john and uh hope hopefully uh, you enjoy using synergy free software it's great check it out all right, then uh, we got one from Maudie. Um, question. Hey, Maudie? Can you talk about the CMS solution you use and about how to start your own online community and information about video communication between users of a community? Did you get that? Okay, so the, the CMS being our content management system, the, uh, the Joomla uh, backend to our website, which, as we find, I mean, we're a very, you know, I'd say a very, but a, a high traffic website, right? Like we're going to get several thousand hits in, in a few seconds. So so for us, Joomla is not probably the best solution at this point. Uh, we've grown too fast for it and, and it, it's too heavy weight on our server. So so there's this kind of stuff to take into account and Drupal is is no different as far as when you've got that kind of traffic it can have problems too if it's if it's too heavyweight as far as the modules that are loading and things like that. So we're actually looking at switching away from CMS and and going with a, a custom solution but uh as far as content management systems go for you know they they can handle quite a bit um, our site, unfortunately, is just too heavy for our hosting platform, which is a shared hosting service. Uh, but that's what uh, that's you know being a free service here. That's what we are able to uh, to use. So 
Um, and that's, you know, without going into to details about that, but it's cheap and it, it uh, usually gets the job done. But unfortunately, we've outgrown that as far as using a CMS. So with the CMS we're using is Joomla. What's cool about it is it lets you put up a website pretty quickly. And if you know what you're doing, then you can really tweak it and spend some time. Uh, we built the existing website, Category5.tv. Garby will tell you uh, how much time did we spend on that, Garby? I think it was a couple weeks. Uh, were you involved in that, the the beta test of the original, or the new website? No? No. Garby definitely um, was involved in that. I'm just watching in the chat room. But I think it was a, a few weeks or a couple weeks that we took. Uh, it was five weeks for Garby to get that set up uh, with the new website going through the, the forums and getting everything going. Four for the main site beta. So so it, it can be deployed really quickly is, is my point there, Madi. Um, what a content management system does is it allows you to deploy a website that is dynamic rather than static and what that means is a static website is like a piece of paper when you draw on it with a pen that is what it becomes and that's what everybody sees it as now a, dyna a dynamic website on the other hand is like a constant moving of data so you're actually it's more like a word processor where you've got the words on the page and you can highlight them and copy them and move them around in essence that's kind of like what a content management system allows you to do in that it is dynamic it is ever-changing so if Garby logs into our website I can present different data to him even though he's looking at the exact same website I can present different data than if Scorpio 55 were to log into the website for example or if in my case as the super administrator of the website when I log in I've got access to certain features that are not available to the public for example being able to edit pages on the fly being able to uh, add and remove users and, and authorize accounts, being able to override any settings that are on the website, that's what the super administrator can do. So it has not just the content management, but also the user uh, access control system. So later versions of Joomla do a much better job of user level access, uh, 1.6 onwards, so probably starting with 1.7 would be where I would go. Uh, if you're going to be managing a site that is community-driven and has multiple user-level access, uh, so you may want people to be able to publish their own content, for example. Our site's a little different because pretty much people register in order to receive a, a, a handful of different content that is only available to registered users. It also helps us to be able to communicate with those users and provide different services to them. So the login system for us on Joomla 1.5 is so that they can receive different content. It's not so that they can provide content. Uh, if you want to have users communicating in a community where they're posting their own content in such a way that it's publishing directly on your site, then that's where uh, user level access control comes in with 1.6 onward. But you don't want to bother with 1.6. Just go straight to 1.7. So, no real specific questions there, eh, Madi? So, that, you know, that's the generic rundown of the content management system. Would I say that I that I like Joomla? I I've been using it for years, like since 1.0, and um, I have liked it a lot. There are some great things about it. I love the community. I love the fact that you can get uh, a lot of great tools from extensions.joomla.org. Uh, where it falls short is if you're on a shared hosting provider such as uh, as us, uh, it can be too heavy. You know, because if you are going to be doing some dynamic stuff, it's going to be processing like a like an application. Uh, it's running a program every time someone loads a page. So there are memory resources and things like that that it probably would do better on a dedicated host. So if you have a dedicated host, then that's fantastic. But if not, then you might consider whether or not your host is powerful enough to to handle it. So if you have specific questions for us, Madi, uh, as far as the the community end of it. Um, there are things for Joomla like Community Builder, uh, Joomla, uh, Joom Social, J-O-O-M-S-O-C-I-A-L, uh, that will allow you to create communities out of the box. They're commercial tools, uh, but they'll get you started really fast. So, cool stuff. All right. She's my gauge of when, when things are getting too boring, Madi. So when she when starts start doing this, do, 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 that means, okay, do, enough do, do, about do, do. Joomla. <laughs> Goodness me. All right. I get the hint. Did you want She's more questions? Or <laughs> Do I want more questions? Well, we've got five minutes until the news, so. All righty, then. We've got one here <laughs> from Invincible Mutant. Invincible. Says. Oh, right. Yes, sorry. Don't interrupt. All right. <laughs> 
Hi, Robbie and gang. I am now running on Ubuntu 11.10 with GNOME 3 on my laptop. Yay! So a problem arose when I connect my monitor to my laptop so that I can have dual display with my monitor positioned as top and laptop, which is the primary as bottom. Having said that, the monitor extends my laptop screen, not mirrored, but I can't move any windows from my primary screen to the secondary, although I have tried changing my gconf setting slash desktop slash gnome slash shell slash windows slash workspace underscore only underscore on underscore <laughs> primary to false. The problem still persists. Well, if I you've said all that. Appreciate if you could help me out. Cheers. Indeed. Hmm. Multi-monitor support in 11.10 is problematic at best. So we may run into some trouble. I wonder if you're if you're using TwinView, which is to say you do literally have the ability to move things from window to win, uh, from screen to screen, or is it possible that you're maybe using two separate X sessions? In which case you'd probably want to be using TwinView. If you're using the the other thing is Zynorama could be a feature that, depending on what's what the problem is, could solve it for you. Zynorama kind of makes your computer think that both monitors are one monitor, so when you drag things across, it's actually it thinks that you've just got this big old wide monitor, or in your case, a tall monitor. Um, that's called Zynorama, and spelled with an X. X-I-N-E-O-R-A-M-M-A? I don't know. Google it, and it, it will find it, because it has spell check. Uh, but I think maybe you're running two separate X sessions, in which case they they are interpreted as if you've got two physical computers. So you can move your mouse between the two, but you can't drag applications from one screen to the other. If you're using TwinView, on the other hand, then you can do what you're at, what you're wanting to do. Okay, and taking it one step further, Zynorama will turn TwinView into a single monitor as far as your system's concerned. So, kind of tough to demonstrate that kind of thing on the air uh, for a live show. But I hope that you f- I, I hope that you find that you're running two X sessions because then you know that it's easy to fix that problem. But that's my best guess with as little information as we have. All right. So good luck. Hope it works out. Oh, you're actually in the chat room. Fantastic. Just one session, X session. So you are. You're actually using Zynorama right, right now. You say that you've got an extended screen on top. What uh, what video card is it? Nvidia based or ATI based? Interested to know that as well. Um, Nvidia comes with a great console uh, if you install the proprietary drivers. Intel. Okay, that's a horse of a different color. Have you got two outputs on an Intel card? How are you doing the uh, the output? Does it have like two D sub outputs? It's got one output. Well, how are you? So where's the second monitor plugged into? One AVG. Do you mean like uh, like a, com- a composite? Oh, like oh, built in. So you've got a, a okay, you've got a built in one and uh, and a monitor connected through the uh, D sub VGA. So yeah, I think we're gonna have to do some googling there. Invincible Mutant, uh, because you're going to be using the Intel drivers, right? And they don't generally have a great tool for it, but what are you using? You're actually editing xorg.conf in order to do this. That's the configuration file for your X11. I just about typed Google into Google. That would have broken the internet. It's a good thing that didn't happen. Ah, oh, dear me. Okay, so the top panel just blocked windows from moving across the screen. Can you move? So, but you can drag your mouse, yeah? From one screen to the next, up and down? It's okay when it's a ring. Can you get your mouse up there? Yeah? But you can't move the software. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. I don't think that's something I'm going to be able to solve for you tonight, man. Can move the mouse up and down. It works when you... Does anyone in the chat room have something on this? Following along with the conversation that Invincible Mutant has there. But you've got... If they're side by side, as far as the orientation goes, you can do it, yeah? But are you editing xorg.com? Yes. 
So there just has to be something. Yes, okay for side-by-side. So there's got to be something in your configuration. Um, post your xorg.com file to the, uh, to the forum at category5.tv. Let's see if uh, if maybe the community can pitch in and see if we can get this solved for you, Invincible Mutant, because uh, without seeing your configuration, I'd like to see two things. I'd like to see your xorg.conf as it is working side-by-side mode, so a copy of it like that, and a second copy of it so that uh, of, of the non-working top-to-bottom mode, all right? And maybe we can get the community kind of going in on that. So once you've done that, uh, let us know what, uh, where it is in the forum, and we'll uh, we'll all take a look. So, uh, so chat room, if you uh, if you have some experience with uh, with doing twin view mode uh, in xorg.conf, uh, make sure you you visit our forum at category5.tv/forum, and we'll give Invincible Mutants a hand that way. All right. Thanks for the question, Invincible. Sorry I can't help you uh, right now on the air, but uh, we'll get to the bottom of it with you. All right. Just gonna take some trial and error, I think. You're all set. Time to go to the news. Alrighty. The websites of Israeli's National Airline, El Al, and the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange have been disrupted just hours after they were reportedly threatened by a Saudi computer hacker. Um, There has been a series of hacking attacks affecting Israeli businesses in the past two weeks. And according to BBC News, flights for the airline as stock trading itself have not been affected. Um, A message was posted on the homepage for the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange saying that the site has been taken down for maintenance. It has also come up as too busy. So last week, an Israeli hacker retaliated by publishing details of hundreds of Saudi credit cards online. And hackers have warned of the dangers of a so-called cyber war in the Middle East. However, Israeli computer experts say politically motivated attacks have taken place for decades. They suggest the latest attacks show the need for the private sector to improve its security. And uh, visitors to London's Science Museum are being invited to have their face scanned in 3D. Uh, The Me in 3D stand at the museum uses a series of cameras to build a virtual image visitors can then view and manipulate. So data from participants will be used by hospitals to provide better treatment and surgery for patients with disfigurements and congenital conditions. Dr. Chris Abella, a senior craniofacial fellow at Great Ormond Street Hospital says, any visitor to the stand will be able to spin their image around, look at themselves from behind their ear, and really see themselves in another dimension. Dun, dun, dun. You I said just, it like that's creepy or something. <laughs> Why don't you just hold a mirror in front of yourself and... Like, look behind? And there's a mirror. Dang. She can't be impressed by technology, folks. She can't be impressed. There's easier 3D. ways. I mean, to think that that's not even a real person. It's just a 3D picture of them. And they can spin it around and look behind their ear. <laughs> it's like having backstage pass. I mean, look at the back of that head. How fantastic is that? All right. <laughs> So we also have measuring at less than 100 millimeters wide. How wide is that? Like 100 millimeters? That's like 10 centimeters, is it not? Millimeters? One, that, that. two, three, All right. Four, so with a 17... Five, six. I was with almost With a there. 17 millimeter thick with a dinky three-inch screen, the Ben Nano Note might just be the world's smallest Linux laptop for the def- traditional definition of the world. But how on earth are you going to type on something? Yeah, well, maybe it's like a... Well, it looks kind of like, like a phone? cell phone kind of s- keyboard as far as and, that goes. And um, it's MIPS CPU architecture. means you won't be running Ubuntu on it, but the pre-installed OpenWrt... Is that OpenWrt? Uh, WRT. Open WRT platform. You can call it Wart if you want. <laughs> comes with a variety of useful tools, including Linux terminals, multiple games, many of which are similar to Game Boy games for the 90s, as well as a web browser. All in all, the Ben Nano Note might be fun to show off your geekiness, but otherwise it's not really usable for much. So why even mention it? Well, once again, open hardware and software have proven it can be done. Oh, there's a little. There yeah, you can there, see there the you size. can see what it looks like, yeah. And the micro-sized laptop is available for purchase for just $100. Neat. Um, And also, the Stop Online Piracy Act, known as SOPA, is designed to go after foreign websites that offer illegal copies of music, movies, and TV shows with impunity. 
Even without the provision allowing sites to be blocked, the bill would empower the Justice Department and copyright holders to demand that search engines delete links to sites dedicated to copyright infringement. Ad networks and payment processors would be prohibited from doing business with these sites. Um, the bill has sparked a backlash from internet freedom advocates and web companies, including Google, Yahoo, and Facebook, who say it would stifle innovation and suppress freedom of speech. Um, House Oversight Chairman Daryl Iza said Saturday morning that Majority Leader Eric Cantor promised him the House will not vote on the controversial act unless there is a consensus on the bill. While SOPA appears to be on hold for the time being, many fear it would come back in full force if a consensus consensus is reached. They are therefore adopting a destroy it while it's weak mentality and tomorrow, January 18th, the proposal blackout will still happen and you may notice a number of your favorite websites such as Wikipedia going dark as they protest the legislation. So um, to get the full stories, go to category5.tv slash newsroom and the Category 5 TV newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category 5 TV newsroom, I'm Rachel Shu. Thanks, Rachel. Tonight's show is brought to you by GardengateFarms.com. For certified organic broccoli sprout and wheatgrass juice, visit their website, GardengateFarms.com. Also, you can download the free massive multiplayer online game, Planet Calypso, from cat5.tv slash Calypso. Again, it's a free game for Windows. Check it out, and uh, I hope to see you there, cat5.tv slash Calypso. We're also brought to you by Pogoplug. Cat5.tv slash Pogoplug is the URL that you want to visit uh, in order to get your free 5 gigabyte personal cloud. Also, do check out their hardware. It's very cool stuff. Cat5.tv slash Pogoplug. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Nice to see you. Nice to have you here. What was that? That's the innocence, like... No, I didn't do anything at the top of the show that would make people laugh. Ha! All right. Nice to see everybody in the chat room. Tonight, uh, well, you were you were here a couple weeks ago and, and decided, you know, I'm going to change the desktop wallpaper on the computer because I know you love the one that I, I set up for you. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Well, you had some trouble. What, what happened? Tell us. Oh, when I was trying to you mess were, with... <laughs> she she experienced the GNU image manipulation program as a Windows user coming onto Linux for the first time and, and Because clueless, normal, normal clueless. people use things like Photoshop or Earthen View. He's got this little gimpy thing that won't do anything. It doesn't do anything. I was, trying to, I was trying to put a pickle as a desktop. A pickle. Because I'm that cool. <laughs> <laughs> a giant pickle was going to be the desktop. Oh, but my plan failed miserably. Okay, so we're not going to do a giant pickle, but what we are going to do... Now, okay, here, chat room. We've got four pictures here of the Category 5 TV crew. All right? I'm going to pop these into a folder here. We're going to do this up. Wallpaper. All right. So, four different pictures. Number 41. We're going to vote here, okay? So take a look. Tell me what one you want. 41. This is 64. This is 73. You can kind of keep track there for me, right? And this is 75. So again, 41. Nice smiles all across the board. Everyone's happy. 64. Yeah, still happy. 73. Nobody's really paying attention to anything that's going on. And of course, 75. Where we are all Vulcans. So... Which uh, which does the chat room decide? Is yeah, the one that we're looking go at with. 64, 64 and 75. All right, let's count it up. 764. <laughs> Andrew Jameson wants. It's looking kind of like 64 to me. Yeah. Couple for 75, but uh, 64 it is. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna bring up that image and and Rachel, you you mentioned Earth and View, being a Windows program that you mm -hmm. can get that and. and the, the thing that we need to realize is that there's a difference between, like, GIMP versus... Okay, so GIMP would be akin to Photoshop, right? So Photoshop, similarly to the GIMP, is not the program that you use to set your desktop wallpaper, right? Earthen View is a viewer, which, yes, you can use that to set your desktop wallpaper. So, so we got to kind of compare apples to apples. And if I were to double-click on any image, 
you'll see that what actually happens is it comes up in Eye of Gnome in Ubuntu. So if I right click on a picture, I have the option set as desktop background. So very similar to Irfan View that way in that, yeah, okay, we're not in an editor here, we're actually using a viewer and it has that option to set your background. Had you known this, there would be a giant pickle on the screen. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, so what we're going to do, this is uh, number 64, picture number 64. I'm going to right-click on it and go bring it up into the GIMP, GNU Image Manipulation Program. I'm going to grab our watermark here, our word mark, and here's what we're going to do. Okay, first of all, we've got the edge of the picture here has got, uh, you know, you can see the back of our curtain. Okay, so we're going to grab that and we're going to crop that out of the image so that you can't see the wall. Okay? Just like that, nice and clean. I've used the marquee tool, rectangular marquee, and set that up. You'll notice that in the GIMP, you can resize your marquee, which is a beautiful feature. You seeing that, Ray? Mm-hmm. I say that because you're a Photoshop user, so it's important for you to see some of the differences here with the GIMP, because here we are. We can resize our marquee very, very simply, very nicely. Okay, so now I'm gonna right-click and go crop to selection. There is a much cleaner kind of cut on this image now. Okay. <laughs> what was that? What was that? What just happened? Did you not see that? No, I didn't see a thing. Oh. I think she's losing it, folks. <laughs> there, what is that? Okay. Backstage pass, anything? Anything? Is she losing it? There's a weirdo coming down the stairs. That's what the snort was about. No, there was no cloud. There's nobody there. There was no cloud. There's nobody there. I saw someone. I don't know what she's talking about, folks. I'm sorry. I'm not making it up. She's easily distracted. It it was the cat. You know? (laughs) Okay, so the edge is good. What I've got, I've got the uh, word mark here, okay? Really quick little thing is I can say, you know, okay, well, I want my word mark to be, you know, about that big, right? So... If I want to, I can I can see you know how big that square would be by just copying and pasting in and okay well that's 2,096 width right so that just gives me a ballpark as to okay well I want to resize this because it's 7,000 pixels width I'll just resize it to 2,000 in the GIMP I'm going to set it to sync there there's no there's nothing there there's nothing there. You keep missing it. Okay, so we're gonna resize using sync, and I'm gonna sync. I'm gonna set this up as a width of two thousand. Okay, now I'm highlighting all and copying that and pasting that into my picture, and I'm gonna go layer, new layer. If I don't do that, see what this is? It's a floating selection. All right, so if I keep doing my work, it's gonna I'm gonna lose that float. So instead, I want to create a new layer out of that layer, new layer. And now I can, drag, I can drag that around safely and place it anywhere in my photo. Now, you've seen this effect on the show before where when uh, Hillary and I created a, a magazine cover. We're going to do something very, very similar in that, uh, okay, we're going to start down around here. And we're going to go around Hillary's head. Here we are. And we're going to actually create a nice little Category 5 wallpaper that you're going to be able to download after the show. There's Krista. Go around her hair as well. See, my head is a lot easier to do than than these ladies because uh, it's just a perfectly round melon. See that yellow line? That's actually the edge of where the logo is going to end. So I don't need to go too far outside of that. Here we are. What are your immediate thoughts, Rachel? As a, you're a very well-experienced Photoshop user. Last week in the chat room, you were mentioning that, hey, well, I'm not going to use the marquee. Do you understand the difference here with the 
with this lasso that allows us to create these points. So you see around my ear there, I've got all these points that I can manipulate. I see it. I just prefer other methods. What would you use, quick mask? No, I, I prefer tedious methods. I do it in detail with an airbrush eraser. Okay, so quick mask type. It. Yeah, you could, you could use a quick mask in Photoshop or GIMP. Uh, the reason that I'm not using a quick mask is because I'm, I'm going around people's heads, so I don't, there's so much that I would have to fill with a quick mask that this is most likely the quickest way and just as accurate as far as that goes. There we go. So I've got my head and everyone else. Okay, so I'm going around the outside here of the image. And what I've got is a marquee that is like that. Okay. So now what I want to do is on that logo layer, on the right-hand side here, I'm going to, I've turned it on. I'm going to right-click and I'm going to go add layer mask because we're not going to delete anything. We're just going to create a mask from our selection, right? So that now our heads are in front of that and we can do whatever we want with that logo without losing the the mask, right? So you see the mask is actually there on the on that particular layer. But the layer itself is not affected. I can remove that mask, I can manipulate it, whatever I want, add things to it, use it for selections, okay? So now it looks like that. I'm going to change my logo layer to something that makes it look a little more natural on that brick wall. Overlay kind of looks nice. Kind of looks like it's it's part of the wall at that point, yeah? A bit too A bit fady. too light, yeah? Let's see what else we can come up with. We can use... It's kind of nice, hard light, soft light. Grain merge kind of gives us the, the brick through the, uh, through the logo. Happy with that? You can scroll through Passable. here. Yeah, all right. So let's go with uh, grain merge. There we go. I'm happy with that. Looks good. So next up, what we want to do is we want to know, you know what size you want to create your image because when you're creating a desktop wallpaper you don't want it to be centered with a blue border around it or a black border you want it to you don't want it to be stretched because then it's going to lose quality you don't want it to be um, squished to weird proportions because then you know it, it might take uh, you know if it's if the photo's too narrow it might stretch you out and make you look bigger than you are for example right so we don't want to do any of that kind of stuff so what we want to do is determine the the screen resolution of our computer um, let's see here I've got this crazy thing, but what I'm going to do, I, I'll just use XRNR. So what I'm going to do is just go into terminal, because we're on Linux anyways, and quick way, XR and R. 1280 by 720 is my resolution. Okay, so there's a couple of tricks here because you see that I've got this massive image, 4054 uh, by 2410. So I probably don't want to shrink it down all the way to 1280 by 720 because I might one day want it to be bigger and I'm going to lose that quality. So what I might do, first of all, step one. Oh. <laughs> I, forgot which, I forgot which zoom I was using. Was it mouse zoom or was it gimp zoom? Okay, so first of all, I want to save a master file. File, save as always want to have a, a copy that is your master. We're going to call this master file and it's a .xcf. It's going to automatically default to that. That's the equivalent of a PSD in Photoshop. So that's the layered image. So now if I save that and then I close out of the GIMP completely and then if I go back to that file, there's my master file.xcf. I bring it back up. You'll notice that I still have all my layers and I still have my layer masks. Okay? So that's important to have that master file. Now, I can say, okay, well, I am 1280 by 720, okay? So I'm creating a new file so that I can get proportions here. So if I wanted to go, you know, 1024 height, let's see what my maximum is here. 2410 would be 4284, so I can't do that. But 4054, which is the current width, I could go 2280. See the calculation there? 
I'm using image size as proportional because I've got the chain link on. So I know that based on my current image, 4054, in order to fit that on my screen perfectly, it would have to be 2280 high. So that's the biggest that I can get this for this particular monitor without losing resolution. So what I'm going to do here, because it's a little bit shorter, is I'm going to use canvas size, uncheck the chain link and change it to 2280. That's going to crop just a wee tiny bit off the bottom there. And that's going to avoid black bars. So I'm going to save that as mywallpaper.jpg. Okay. About to save a layer mask as JPG. No, I don't want to. I want to highlight my layers. Sorry. File, save as. I just had the wrong thing highlighted there. Mywallpaper.jpg. There we go. Export. GIMP is asking you for the quality. 100 is going to be the best possible quality. You can go through the advanced settings if you like. You can set it to um, to be the best quality here. It's going to be a larger file then, right? So let's save that. Now I've got mywallpaper.jpg in that folder. And I'm going to put this online so that you can download it and manipulate it yourself. So now that I've got that file, Rachel, all I have to do in in now I've closed out of the GIMP, so here I am in Linux. I can double-click on that, bring it up, and right-click on it, and go Set as Desktop Wallpaper, and you'll see that it actually faded right in. If it's looking weird at all, you can open your background properties, and you can change it. What style do you want? Do you want zoom, center, scale, stretch, span, etc.? Span is if you've got multiple monitors and you want it to scale, uh, go across all of them. All right, so then we end up with that. And there's our desktop wallpaper that we've created today and actually set up on our Linux system. Quite simple as far as uh, actually making it happen. So, what's going on? What's the smile? Anytime she smiles, I don't trust her. <laughs> what's she... wrong with just smiling? If I'm here, you're like, I don't you're, think like you're not smiling enough. So now I'm smiling and normal. I'm obviously up normal. to something. Obviously up to something. When I turn, put the camera on her, she goes, there's obviously something going on. Yeah. Never. I don't know. I don't know. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You can tell them all about it. I'm going to have a drink. I'm supposed to tell them all about Category yeah. 5? Computers. Yeah. I know nothing. That is my summary of what I'm able to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Wouldn't Websites that, be a, down that would be a pretty short show if I yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Category 5. <laughs> I'm your host, Rachel. And uh, I know nothing. <laughs> The end. <laughs> Not even well a full then. minute. <laughs> <laughs> you got through it. Don't forget to uh, nominate us for a Shorty Award, cat5.tv slash shorty. We would appreciate that very, very much. We're almost out of time, but we do have time uh, if you have a question in the chat room. Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel is standing by. Yes, I will answer to the best of my ability. <sighs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyone? Questions? Why is everyone wow, saying cloud? Wow, they suddenly stop. Cloud, cloud. <laughs> the hey, chat Gabby. room dies the moment you ask for a question. We've got a, a great group of people joining us in the chat room today. Lots of new viewers as well. I see some guests in there. Nice to see you. And yes, Jod, you can do that thing with the background faster in Photoshop. What? Instead of a 20-minute explanation, you would be done in two. Two! Did that take too long? I don't think so. Do you when you do Photoshop, do you explain every step <laughs> to the air? Do you do you talk to Sometimes I talk to myself. Yeah. Well I so do. So you it. walk them through it. I now walk I'm myself going through to select it. the quick mask tool. <gasps> Rachel, now what should you do this time? <laughs> I think there's a difference between doing a demonstration live in front of all these wonderful people and, and sitting down and photoshopping. We we can have a race one day. Let's do it. What do you guys say? I'll put uh, Photoshop on her computer right next to me, and we'll use the GIMP, and we'll, we'll have a race next time you're on. Sounds good. So, challenge. Viewers, send us an email live at category5.tv. What should be the challenge? Photoshop versus the GIMP. Rachel Shu and Robbie Ferguson. Head-to-head. -head, death match. I win. To the death. I win. Maybe not to the death. But definitely GIMP is going to win, because open source always wins. Whatever strange world you live in. Email us live at category5.tv, all right? I live in a world where I don't have to pay for better stuff. 
I didn't pay for mine. And, and, and oh, <gasps> the magical Photoshop for fairy. The f- wow, Rachel. It's a good thing nobody watches this show. Anyway, moving. Maybe it was a right gift. Along. Oh, okay. Maybe it was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Don't phase me like that. <laughs> oh dear. Alrighty. So la 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 la. Uh, yeah, I mean we can get into the the whole open source versus proprietary. I, I said it to a, a customer this week. Rachel's just smirking. But here's what I said to the customer. Uh, we, they were talking about, do I need to buy Microsoft Office or do, or can I just go with like Open Office or LibreOffice or something like that? And I said, you know what? Start with LibreOffice. Give it a go. It's compatible with Windows, Linux, whatever. I think it's on Mac as well. Um, gives you a chance to give it a try, see if you have any compatibility issues, and then if you do have compatibility issues or any kind of trouble at all that can't be solved within that free software, go ahead, go to the store, pick up Microsoft Office. But if by any chance this free software suite, which is compatible with Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft PowerPoint, and it's free, if it does everything that you need, then you just saved yourself 300 bucks. Easy, right? So that's the way I look at things. So give it a try if, ever, if it does everything that you need. I mean, you do everything in RGB anyway, so your advantage of Photoshop being CMYK is moot, right? Because everything's RGB anyways, which is what the GIMP is. So think about that. Think about that. Yeah. Hey, everybody. That's, that's about all the time that we have. I'd encourage you to stick around for a few more moments, though, because it's not the whole show. I mean, we still have three minutes. What are we going to do with those three minutes? I mean, really. Didn't, get a, didn't get a lot of questions there at the, at the last minute, though. Yeah. Where else you can you get this kind of quality? You don't want three minutes of this, people. Where else can question. you get this kind of quality TV? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good to see a uh, good guy. I hope that uh, the the answer to your question tonight was uh, was helpful uh, when uh, my counterpart was able to provide that for you earlier. <laughs> Pyroshot, Pyro's Rock wants the weather. Cold, wet, rainy. It was weird today. I mean, it's supposed to be winter in Canada. It was raining, and then it was hailing. And then it was freezing rain. And then it was, and like then it was pouring. And... It was weird. Oh, well. That's, that's, that's the weather. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. I had, a, I had a good time. Did you have fun? Yep. Yeah? Garby likes the cookie question he sent in earlier. The cookie question? He was question, glad yeah. it was answered properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure new, it helped you. Got these new pens. They're recycled, recyclable. <laughs> From Eco Alkalines. <laughs> you know you've run out of topics. Look, they're, there's they're a cool. pen. It's no, it's a segue ooh. to say, you know, Eco Alkalines. They're the official battery of Category 5. Check them out, cat5.tv slash eco. And they gave us these pens, I think, t- to remind us that, hey, you're supposed to mention that we're the official battery of Category 5. Ooh. Every five minutes, folks. So hi, hi to Blythe55. Who apparently hey. it's his first time here. Is it? Well, hey, where are so you, you from? You have to keep coming back. Yep, keep coming back. Don't let uh, what happened tonight scare you away. Um, it's 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 always fun. <laughs> Cheers, Blythe55. No, we have a good time, don't we? So you have a fantastic week. We're out of time. You have a good week. Nice to mm-hmm. see you. Uh, Krista's away at school, so rotations are going to be quite a bit quicker now. You're going to start seeing uh, Krista uh, not Krista, uh, Hillary and uh, Rachel and Eric. Krista's going to be away at school, so you're going to see those three on a rotation. So we're going to see them. It's going to seem a little bit quicker. So we'll see you in a couple weeks' time, and we'll yep. see you next week when Eric Kidd joins us. So it uh, feels like he was here this week a little bit in, in some way, He was form. in a clown was, costume. What was that? In he a clown came costume? down the stairs in a clown Unbelievable. costume. Unbelievable. All right. That's it. we got to go. Right. Take care. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2012, episode 226. I'm Eric. It's Tuesday, January. 
It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2012. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not even funny. Welcome, nerdlings. Okay, so what's coming up in the newsroom today? Oh, why did you do that to me? Absolutely nothing. Do we have any viewer questions in the chat room? Take five. It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2012, episode 226. I'm Eric Kidd. And I'm Rachel Sue. <laughs> again! Oh, no. Take six, and we're really hoping that we're not being charged for studio time. <laughs> Alrighty, and we have one from Garby. Where's the cookies? Should <laughs> be. Oh my goodness, I'm having trouble with my Android. Well, just so happens we have one on set today. <laughs> so um, we also have a question from Garby here, and he. Hi, asks, Garby. How's it going? Well, what am I supposed to say to that? He's not in the chat room to say, like, yeah, I'm good. All right. So we have a question from Garby here. Garby there? Where's he here? Hi, Garby. You know He's not here. Garby is not here. Okay, carry on. What's the question? So we have a question from... Try to keep it together. This is international, this show. We, we need to be serious. Garby has a question. I'm saying hi, Garby. We have a question from Garby. Finally. That's what he comes up with. Stab him with a pen. <laughs> Here, do you want this? It's only a little sweaty. <laughs> oh, that is icky and sweaty. Perfectly natural. <laughs> Tape that on. Say, I got my nose done. <laughs> well, I'm turning my mic off now. <laughs> 